up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, December 3rd. Yeah, I'm fired up. I mean, I got a Taysom Hill game, although it does look like Taysom Hill may miss some time here with a finger injury. So, yeah, we got the finger from Taysom Hill. But regardless, I'm not going to talk about last night's action. Let's talk about this weekend's action, getting you set up here. We're going to start with Tampa and Atlanta, as you could imagine. Tampa is heavy favorites in this one, and of course, they will be without Antonio Brown for at least, I'm going to say at least, the next three games. Because this, um, well, I I don't know. This seems to have rubbed Bruce Arians rightfully so the wrong way, but he is suspended for at least the next three games. I'll tell you this, if I have Antonio Brown and I need a roster spot, I'm going to drop him. If I need to fill, if I need somebody to start, and they're out there on waivers, and Brown is my only drop, I'm going to drop him because he's not going to be back until at least the fantasy football semifinals of our playoffs in Week 16. I may not be playing by then. So endgame strategy, he gone if I need that roster spot. Anyway, it is a 10.5-point spread, 50.5 over under here. What do we get from playoff Lenny, right, after last week's Outburst. Well, this is going to be a phenomenal matchup for him. Atlanta allowing 144.7 scrimmage yards per game. One total score uh, that's combined rushing and receiving to opposing backfields. Uh, this is a really good spot for Leonard Fournette. Of course, we I talked about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Love them. Of course, we love Tom Brady. And I freaking love Gronk. I mean, the volume over the last two weeks has been incredible. So on the other side, really the only two things to like, Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. Cordero Patterson's having a magical season. Even though this this is a tough matchup, 3.7 yards per carry is all Tampa is allowing. He's the sixth highest fantasy scorer on a per-game basis in PPR at running back. I mean, we're not fading him. And we have to stop with the Kyle Pitts hate. The season has been excellent for Kyle Pitts. He's just not scoring touchdowns, but I don't freaking care. I'm going to keep using Kyle Pitts. I'm at tight end five. Arizona and Chicago, Arizona seven and a half point favorites. It does look like Kyler Murray will be back. We got to keep an eye on DeAndre Hopkins. Not quite sure about him, but we're using Kyler Murray. James Conner is going to continue to benefit here from no Chase Edmonds. 65 touches over the last three games for Conner. Two top 10 fantasy finishes over that span. Of course, one of those games was in Edmonds basically like left right away. So I'm going to count that in this little stretch here. Chicago allowed 4.43 yards per carry to opposing backfields. James Conner, top 10 fantasy running back. Be careful, though, because Edmonds could be back as soon as next week. On the other side, we'll see about Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, but honestly, I don't care. I'm going to use Darnell Mooney as a wide receiver, too, uh, and I'm going to use David Montgomery as an RB, two, and that's about all I'm doing there. Chargers, Bengals. Bengals favored. Uh, they are three-point favorites right now, a 50-and-a-half over-under. Joe Mixon. He has at least 15 touches in all but two games this season. He has one of six backs with 20 touches per game. Over the last two, he has 58 freaking carries. Freaking. Yes, that's part of the stat. Uh, Eight-game scoring streak. He scored 12 times in those eight games. He doesn't need a good matchup, but he has a good matchup. Posing backfields averaging 4.64 yards per carry against L.A. One rushing score per game allowed. Like him, like Jamar Chase, like Joe Burrow, like T. Higgins. Giddy up. Of course, on the other side, about as straightforward as it comes. I'm using Justin Herbert if I have him. I'm, of course, using Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I just don't want this dude to be ever, ever be on my bench if he blows up. 
Uh, Minnesota, Detroit, this game here, Minnesota, seven and a half point favorites, 46 and a half over under. Injuries impacting both sides of this one. Now, on the Minnesota side, Dal Cook out, as we expected, and Alexander Madison will be in. We've seen him in this role twice already this season. In week three, he had 26 carries for 112 yards, six catches, 57 yards. Week five, 113 yards on 25 carries, seven catches, 40 yards. Uh, that is 64 touches divided by two equals, oh, yes, 32 touches per game. That's a lot. That's a lot. One of those games was against the Lions. Of course, the Lions are the seventh most fantasy points per game. So Alexander Madison, top five option this week. I actually have met three. Using Jefferson, Thielen, Cousins, uh, and going to not use Tyler Conklin if I can get away with it. Now, on the other side, no DeAndre Swift. Maybe not next week as well. So Jamal Williams will be in there. Williams can handle a full workload, but he's not Alexander Madison. Minnesota allowing four and a half yards per carry, though, to opposing running backs. So Williams is an RB2. The only other line I'm using is TJ Hawkinson and uh, locked him in as a top 10 option. G-Men, Miami Dolphins. The Giants are, it looks like they're going to be without basically everybody. Daniel Jones is not going to play. Canarius Tony doesn't look likely. Sterling Shepard looks pretty iffy as of right now when I'm recording this. You're going to have Mike Glennon under center. Now, Saquon Barkley is not what you expected him to be, but he is an RB2, especially after last week when he saw 17 touches. And the world needs RB2s as well. I'm still you. I'm not going to put this dude on my bench. You got to be kidding me there, even with Glennon under center. Now, of course, that makes Miami's defense a great play, but I also, you know, I, I think you could stream to it, Sungavailoa. He's got the great connection with Jalen Waddle, who's rolling as a wide receiver, too. Miles Gaskin could have the benefit of not having Philip Lindsay on the field, so more volume for him as an RB2. And Mike Gesicki, I mean, it's not a true massive breakout season, but it's a pretty solid top 10 tight end season for him. So he stays right in there. You're going to continue to use him as well. All right, quick break. Then we come back. We'll talk about Philadelphia versus the New York Jets. A lot of intrigue there. That is right after the break. Ah, the Philadelphia Eagles facing off against the Jets. Teams going in very different directions here, but the Eagles obviously coming off of a a tough one last week for a team that you know still has a uh, has playoff potential, no doubt about it. Seven point favorites here, forty five over under for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, so Miles Sanders was dinged up, but he's going to play. Jordan Howard is not going to play. Boston Scott is questionable. This matchup is amazing, though, for running backs. 4.59 yards per carry, one and a half rushing scores per game. They are far and away the top matchup for running backs. Great news for Miles Sanders. It'll be even better news if Boston Scott doesn't play because it will be all Miles Sanders. Now, Jalen Hurts is dinged up, but I still have him as a top 10 option. I'm ranking him at quarterback eight. If he was, and, and I've been back and forth between seven and eight, by the way, but you know, basically the back end of the top 10. Uh, if he was fully healthy, I'd probably have him at about four. Uh, he can take advantage of this matchup, but it is an ankle injury, so I'm still using him in a league just to show you how conf- confident I am in him because of his ability on the ground. He may be a little bit limited, but I still like him a lot here. Of course, using Dallas Goddard as a top 10 option as well, and Devonta Smith seems like he's good to go too after being you know being under the weather earlier in the week. On the other side, I guess you can use Tevin Coleman. <laughs> 
he he looked okay last week. Like, not amazing, but okay. And I'll take okay as a flex option at this time of year. 18 touches. He's a clear lead back. Like, sure, Austin Walter scored a touchdown. Whoopity-doo. But uh, Coleman, if you're really desperate, not, not terrible. Indian-Houston, this game is a 10-point spread, 45-and-a-half over-under. Obviously, Indy is favored. They crushed him the first go-round, 31-3. to And it's pretty straightforward in terms of who we're using. We are using Jonathan Taylor, obviously. We are using Michael Pittman. We are using Brandon Cooks if he's good to go in this one because the illness going around there as well. Carson Wentz could possibly be streamed. So instead of diving into any fancy-pantsy matchup stats for you, here's just some really cool stats about Jonathan Taylor since week four when he really broke out. He's been a top 12 fantasy running back every single week since then. That's hard to do. Over that span, he is averaging 21.7 touches per game, 28.2 PPR points per game. That's really impressive. 14 runs of 15-plus yards, 17 goal line carries, and 4.14 yards after contact per attempt. That is up there with the gods right there. That is incredible. Incredible. He's the number one player in all of fantasy football, and it isn't close. And if you're not watching Hard Knocks right now, you're missing out. This dude knows how good he is, and he's not cocky. He just knows how good he is. I love that. Washington and the Raiders. All right. Well, this one's going to be pretty interesting. It's a one and a half point spread. The Raiders giving one and a half. This is a close contest 49 and a half over under. Let's look on the Washington side first and foremost. So remember that shin injury that everybody was so concerned with with Antonio Gibson since the week nine bye, he is averaging 27 touches a game. Shin Schmin, as far as Washington is concerned, 17.6 PPR points per game uh, in those three games since the bye and no JD McKissick. Expect a lot of work here. The Raiders are the number four fantasy matchup for running backs, 4.37 yards per carry. Now, Jared Patterson? No, not necessarily. It does actually sound like we're going to see some Wendell Smallwood in this one for Washington in that role, but there's no fantasy value. It's it's all about Gibson on the other side. I mean, it's straightforward in terms of you using Josh Jacobs. I think it's a nice spot for Derek Carr. We're going to continue to use Renfro until further notice. But Foster Moreau, I went back and watched that game in week seven, uh, against Philly, he basically did not leave the field. And and by the way, Waller's not going to play. He had six catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. I came around on this one because initially I was like, eh, streamer. No, top 12 option. I have him at 10. I'm actually using him ahead of Hunter Henry in a number of leagues. Hunter Henry's on the outs with me because uh, essentially the touchdown dependency. So Foster Moreau, don't sleep on that one right there. Jacksonville and the Rams, you can imagine the Rams are heavily favored here. The Rams kind of look like themselves. We last saw them. They are 13-point favorites, 48 over under. Jacksonville, James Robinson didn't practice yesterday. He was back in practice today, so trending towards playing, but it's a tough matchup, so temper expectations. On the other side, I don't have a practice report for the Rams, so will Daryl Henderson play or won't he? He, it, the word all along has been he will. And it's a good matchup, no doubt about it, against Jacksonville. If he doesn't, the easy answer to the question is simply have Sony Michelle on your bench. And you're basically going to get like 95% of Daryl Henderson if Sony Michelle is, is in that role. So Henderson, I'm ranking at RB9. I would have to have Sony Michelle up in the top 15 
if he goes. Now, if you don't have that in place, have another plan for sure. Baltimore and Pittsburgh on the Baltimore side, pretty straightforward, right? Lamar, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, probably not Rashad Bateman. And we're flexing out Devonta Freeman until further notice. On the Pittsburgh side, and by the way, I love this matchup. I love that it... Hey, Pittsburgh is underdogs at home. I love that even more. Four and a half point favorites for Baltimore. Pittsburgh could be a little bit of a spoiler here because Baltimore's at eight and three. But Pittsburgh's not even a total spoiler because they could still make the playoffs. They're five, five, and one. So not a losing record. So anyway, uh Deontay Johnson, yes. But I've been asked a lot about, and Fryermuth should be good, by the way, but I've been asked a lot about Najee Harris. So yeah, there's been a slight dip in the overall numbers. Well, last week in particular is the one that stands out. But he's had three weeks outside of the top 12 fantasy running backs. It's a tough matchup, no doubt about it. Baltimore is the fourth worst matchup, but it's the volume that keeps Harris as a top 12 guy. I actually have him at 10 this week. Uh, also use Chase Claypool as a wide receiver three. San Francisco and Seattle, the legend of Elijah Mitchell. 27 carries in each of his last two games. Of course, he topped 100 yards last week for the fourth time on the season. Second time he hit five catches, that's a season best. He is facing a Seattle defense. It's the number two matchup for running backs. Opposing backfields averaging 172.9 scrimmage yards per game against the Seahawks. Giddy up, Elijah Mitchell. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 16 right now for me with no Debo. Of course, we're using Kittle. On the other side, I actually am down on Russ. I have him quarterback 14. I'm going to still use DK or Tyler Lockett. I'm going to fade the backfield, though I should note Rashad Penny is practicing, so just worth keeping an eye on that. Denver and Kansas City, the big news in Denver right now is what is going on? What is the deal with Melvin Gordon? I don't have an answer for you just yet. It looks like he has a 50-50, a game-time decision. And or well, not even a game time decision. He's 50-50 to play as of yesterday, according to Vic Fangio. If he does not go, Javante Williams will be a top 12 option. Okay. He's awesome and he'll get the full workload. If he does go, I'm still gonna have Javante Williams as the preferred option because of Gordon being banged up. If I had to use a wide receiver from Denver, it is Judy, not Sutton. I think you probably knew that, but just in case. Of course, Mahomes back, Hill back, Kelsey back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire still the lead back there. I'm going to use him as an RB2. And, of course, that game right now currently sitting at uh, a 9.5-point spread for Kansas City. But, boy, oh, boy, I love that AFC West If Denver wins, that makes that AFC West very interesting. We could have every team in the AFC West with seven wins by the end of this week, which would be wild. I'm I'm here for that. Anyway, uh, rounding it out, New England and Buffalo. Backfield committees abound, or timeshares, or whatever you want to call it. They are all over the place in this one on the New England side. Of course, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. If you said, who do you choose? I guess it's Damian Harris, but they're back-to-back in rankings, 27 and 28. And it really comes down to who gets the touchdown because they are going to split series in this game. On the other side, you have Devin Singletary and Matt Breda. And if I had to choose, I'll choose Singletary because over the last two weeks, he's outsnapped Breda 66 to 39. But of course, you're going to say, well, Jeff, that's cool, but Breda has more fantasy points, and I, I do, I'm well aware of that, and I do acknowledge that, but at the same time, I'm typically going to go for the volume, but 
I don't want to use either of them that much because I'm at 29 and 31. So we're just going to use the you know the obvious ones, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox on the Buffalo side. Nobody's super obvious on the New England side. Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers, 35 and 38 in wide receiver rankings, so I'm not in love with those guys. All right, that is going to do it. If you want final rankings updates, of course, on Sunday, I will have those all set up about – you know, get the final updates in about 30 minutes before kickoff for the one o'clock Eastern window. So you still have plenty of time to polish up those lineups and, of course, updates throughout, P- projections, all of that over at FTNFantasy.com. I am at Jeff Rackliff on Twitter, at Jeff Rackliff on Instagram, and I will catch you on the flip side of the weekend for week 14. We're already there, man. Crazy, crazy next week. All right, I'm Jeff Rackliff, and I'm out. <laughs>